Tuesday edition right here on the home of Sooner fans, the Ref Radio Network. We have had a festive atmosphere in the studio today. The uh, Sooner women's gymnastics team in here celebrating their uh, national championship. Coach K.J. Kindler and all the athletes were here. Maggie Nichols even showed up. It was unbelievable. Plank did a great job, and uh, congrats to the Sooner women on winning another national championship. Number five for K.J. Kindler. She is a champion, no doubt about it. And uh, Sooner fans are wondering when their football team will be national champion again because it's been since the year 2000. That's a long drought when you consider Oklahoma's history. And when you think about when the Sooners really took off as a national power in college football, it was during the Bud years, 50, 55, 56. Uh, you win national championships, 74, 75, 85 for Barry Switzer, and, of course, 2000 for Bob Stoops and that uh, incredible Sooner team beating Florida State in the Orange Bowl to capture a national title. But you think about the droughts, 56 to 74, 18-year drought. You had, uh, again, a 75 to 85 was only 10. Then you had 85 to 2000, that was 15. So the Sooner program in the midst of a 22-year drought in terms of winning a national championship. And now they've got a new coach leading them to a new conference eventually, trying to get that natty. Sooner fans, you know, you didn't win the Big 12 last year, but you'd won six in a row. But I think Sooner fans, is winning the Big 12 uh, a goal? Certainly it is, because normally you're going to have to win the Big 12 to win a national championship. But Parker, I don't know if there's a fan base in college football that is more starved for a national championship again right now than Oklahoma. I think that's probably true, just because it's it's very rare. Okay, you know what? Actually, I I feel like there are a couple of programs that could challenge Oklahoma in that department, because you got to think about the teams that are much of the same ilk as Oklahoma. Notre Dame historically. Uh, they have been contenders for national championships on a perennial basis, but have fallen upon hard times. And Oklahoma, unlike the programs I'm about to mention, hasn't actually fallen upon hard times. They've been consistent. They've been consistently winning every single year. It's just they haven't been able to break through in so long. But you think about programs like Notre Dame. Think about Nebraska. Hasn't won a title since 1997. Miami. It's been a long time for them too. And so those types of programs that historically were so accustomed to winning on a regular basis, yeah, I, I think it's those kinds of schools that are starved more so than ever for a national title circa 2022. And that's why you see those programs consistently making changes uh, at the administrative level within the coaching staff, shifting the focus of their recruiting efforts every which way to try and figure out some fashion in which they can become nationally competitive once again. And the key distinguishing factor there, like I mentioned, is the reality that Oklahoma has not legitimately fallen upon hard times. You look at Nebraska, they haven't made a bowl game since the Obama administration. Miami's won 10 games once in the last 20 years. Notre Dame hasn't won a New Year's Six Bowl since 1994. For Oklahoma... They are there every single year. They are right there. And so I think you can make the argument that that's what makes it all the more agonizing for Oklahoma. Because you're on the doorstep. Because you are. All you got to do is open the door and kick it in. And they were very close in that semifinal overtime loss to Georgia, of course, out in Pasadena. But I think Oklahoma fans, they've been there on the cusp of winning it. 
Uh, Notre Dame, you talked about, they've been in the playoff. They've been in the national championship game, and they have they didn't fare well, obviously. But what was it, 1988, that Tony Rice team yep, won the championship for uh, Lou Holtz? So that's been a long time. But Sooner fans, no doubt they are starved. And now the question is about, all right, well, Mule Shoe went out to L.A. And, you know, the Sooner's going to have to, you know, revamp things. And now they're getting ready to go to the SEC. And Brent Venables, yes. Man, he was a great defensive coordinator at Clemson. Maybe the best coordinator of all of college football. But what is he going to be like as a new head coach? Now, you have some fools out there that are speaking on this subject, uh, and they don't know the history of Oklahoma football. Now, do we know, is it an ironclad certainty that Brent Venables is going to be an absolute total success as the head coach at Oklahoma? We don't know that, but I guess I'm willing to bet a lot of money that he is going to be. I really am. I, I love what I see, but these guys, like on the Cover 3 podcast not too long ago, uh, Chip Patterson and uh, Barton Simmons were talking about Brent and Oklahoma and the SEC and what's going to happen, and they didn't sound too positive. Now that I think about it, like Oklahoma moving to the SEC probably does impact the way I view that hire because I just don't know if Venables is going to be able to take the Sooners into the SEC and really compete from the start, whereas I think Marcus Freeman at Notre Dame is probably going to continue having a lot of success. I, I don't think it's a very exciting hire, and I, I think that too, like Oklahoma fans, while they will never admit it, I feel like the way that they've responded to everything and the way that they're kind of holding on and they're still very bitter about what Lincoln Riley has done, I think kind of speaks to how they feel about the hire, too, because Brent Venables is a great defensive coordinator, and he has been for a very long time. I have absolutely no questions that he's going to come in and that defense is going to be good. It is going to be well coached. It's going to be aggressive. It's going to be all that fun stuff. But he's never been at the head of the table. He's never been in charge of the program, and I just don't know how that's going to go. So then where where the hell is the Marcus Freeman comparison coming from then? If the argument you're going to make is that Brent Venables isn't a sexy hire because he hasn't been at the head of the table before, but then you're going to turn around and say that Marcus Freeman, who's been a defensive coordinator for, I want to say, four seasons – before ascending to the head coaching position at Notre Dame, you're going to argue that that is a sexier hire than Brent Venables. Explain to me how. Yeah, Make I, that I don't know. The the only way that I think you can differentiate those, and and you know they didn't actually say this. This was about six weeks ago, and I still remember thinking, man, these guys have no clue what they're talking about. And again, not to say that Brent's going to be uh, the next Bud, Barry, or Bob, but I think he's going to be really good and have a chance to be in that neighborhood if uh, you know things play out uh, like I think they might. But Marcus Freeman may be an easier road, not having to go you know play SEC competition and. You know, maybe they're thinking the schedule will be a little uh, easier for Notre sounds, Dame. Sounds a whole lot like the mule shoe path to me, Steely. Oh, yeah, absolutely it's a mule shoe path. He pressed the easy button is what he did when he went out to uh, L.A. It was like, I, what was it, Office Depot or whatever uh, that had the easy button? That's what mule shoe decided to do, press the easy button. Now, again, how many – Oklahoma's won seven national championships. How many of those coaches, three of them have won, Bud three, Barry three, Bob one, how many of those were a head coach uh, before they came to Oklahoma? Zero. Zero. They were all assistant coaches. The history is Oklahoma finds a really good assistant coach. Think about they brought in a head coach right with Howard Schnellenberger. That was a complete – disaster a year of comic relief 
but the three assistants they brought in were well thought of and ended up winning national championships. And uh, Bob Stoops, of course, appears on The Rush here on The Ref every Tuesday. And uh, those guys, Tyler and uh, Teddy, ask him about, what about these people who are questioning Brent's credentials and uh, how he'll turn out as a head coach? Well, that, that doesn't seem to be logical, does it? I mean, surely they're smarter than that. I wasn't a head coach before here. Lincoln Riley wasn't a head coach before he before he took over. Barry Switzer wasn't a head coach when he took over. Just our history here tells you that's that's foolish to say that, but uh, it doesn't matter what they say. Brent Brent's a damn good coach. Everybody knows it. Uh, his background coming in to take over is light years ahead of what mine was, Lincoln's, and about most other people too. Guy's been in eight national championship games. You can go on and on and on. He's ready for this, and uh, and I can't wait to watch it. All right, so that was Bob Stoops on the rush recently talking about people who uh, have been questioning Brent's, uh, I don't know if credentials is the right word, but just how he'll fare as a head coach. And, again, the history at Oklahoma is that top-flight assistants who were well-respected before they got the job in Norman have done very well. So, I don't know, Parker, if I'm asking you right now, and you've got to explain to people why you believe that Brent's going to be a big success, what are the areas you point to? Uh, and you would say, all you have to do is look at this. This is the reason why Brent will do well at OU. I just, like, I don't understand why this is so difficult for people to grasp. Is it it's not like you have to look of the SEC deal? Is that it? No, I just I don't think that has anything to do with it. And I'm I talking about you... national people, not OU fans, because I think they're confident. I'm sorry, go ahead. Everybody wants to be kitschy with their take. Everybody wants to try to look beneath the surface for something that in most cases isn't even there. You don't need to try and read the tea leaves with Brent Venables. You don't. He has been the best defensive coordinator in college football for two decades. For the life of me, I can't understand how you could have found someone more qualified for the job as a first-time head coach. And I don't understand how you could have found someone that was better suited for the brand of football that Oklahoma is going to need to be able to play when they get to the SEC. It does not add up. No, I'm with you. And what was Bob Stoops before he came to Norman? He was the best defensive coordinator in college football, right? Bingo. Won a national championship in Florida. he didn't even have the longevity that Brent had at Clemson. And he took, you know, valuable lessons from Bill Snyder, who had the really the greatest job of did the greatest job of maybe any coach in college football history. Maybe he didn't win a national championship to get Kansas State where he did was unbelievable where that program was when he took over. So Bob took lessons from uh, Bill Snyder and then he got later lessons from Steve Spurrier. And the same for Brent. Brent, again, got his lessons from Bill Snyder, then from Bob Stoops, and then kind of Dabo became his Steve Spurrier. So I think the resume is really good. Like I said, I'm not sitting here telling you, yeah, Brent's going to win multiple national championships. We don't know that yet. But I think he has a great chance to be a huge success at the University of Oklahoma. And uh, I think he was the perfect choice not only for the job uh, because of his track record at Clemson, but because he knows that part of the country as well. I think uh, they have had head-to-head battles with those teams in the SEC and won them. And that Clemson team was built like an SEC football team, right? And uh, so I've got a lot of confidence in Brent Fittables, and we'll see 
Uh, you know, the Sooners, uh, it's kind of the grand opening coming up on Saturday, 3 o'clock at the spring game. Brent is meeting the media right now as we speak. We'll have some sound maybe a little bit later in the show. Certainly we'll have it on Locked In coming up at uh, 2 o'clock today. Spring game, 3 o'clock on Saturday. Our pregame show begins at 11.30 in the morning from Balfour over on Campus Corner. Special thanks to our first-hour sponsor, great Sooner, great company, Tim Lasher. Lasher Home Comfort Systems. You need your A.C.? little tune-up before the summer really gets here. We'll give Tim Lasher and Lasher Home Comfort Systems a call. 405-579-3113 for all your heat and air needs. Thank you to Lasher Home Comfort Systems. We will talk about uh, the spring game, what we know, and what to look for coming up when we get back here on The Ref. It is a Tuesday edition of Steelman and Thune here on the home of Sooner fans, The Ref Radio Network. Hope your Tuesday is going well. Brent Venables meeting the media right now. We'll have a little sound for you uh, later on right here on The Ref. We don't have it, uh, you know, during the second hour. I'm sure that uh, Tyler will have it uh, with Parker on Locked In coming up at 2 o'clock here on The Ref. Spring game coming up Saturday at 3 o'clock. This weekend is going to be big in terms of recruiting again. You have heard Brent Venables talking about, man, do your part. we got a lot of recruits in this weekend. He has been imploring the Sooner fans to pack the Palace on the Prairie. Uh, again, lower bowl only now is what we're hearing. So I think there's a good chance that's going to happen this weekend. But there's some other news in recruiting. You're thinking uh, today maybe the Cole Adams offer, perhaps? <laughs> I'm optimistic, Mike. I'm optimistic. I mean, he's already got an offer from Bama, right, and Arkansas? Is that right? And the Bama offer is committable. Look, he is on campus today. From what I know, in talking to people close to the program, he is going to get the offer. If he does not, if he leaves campus today without the offer, then you can officially write this thing off. Yeah, it would be over. I mean, why wouldn't he? Again, he's what? He's he's a speedster, 5'10", you know, wide receiver from Owasso, really good program, and, uh, you know, I'm not saying that, well, Nick Saban offers anybody. You've got to, you've, you've got to, that's got to, well, I am saying that, actually. I'm not saying you have to, but that's got to get your attention, right? So why is it taking, and again, if the offer comes today, why will it have taken this long? I think most of it just comes down to the fact that it was a natural consequence of the adjustment period Mm -hmm. and the fact that you're having to implement uh, the vision and the structure of an entirely new recruiting staff and player personnel staff. And a lot of these coaches coming in had previously existing relationships with kids down in Alabama and Florida and Georgia. And so those were the kids that popped onto the radar pretty immediately. Right off the bat. And you take a look at the staff members at Oklahoma that have ties in that region, right? J.R. Sandlin, the director of recruiting and player personnel, worked for Alabama, was a member of their early national championship staffs, and then was at Jacksonville State in Alabama for eight seasons. Lee Davis, the director of on-campus recruiting, formerly the University of Florida. Obviously, Brent Venables, Miguel Chavis, Todd Bates, J.P. Lozman, Ted Roof, All of them were previously on staff at Clemson. So when they showed up to Oklahoma, the players that they were naturally going to gravitate towards in an immediate sense were the players that they already knew of. Right. And the players that they had already been recruiting at Clemson, Florida, etc. 
So, it's a kid like Cole Adams that is just naturally going to get pushed further down the priority list. Now, is that right? Maybe not. And everybody's going to have their own opinion on how this is all played out. And you can make the argument that, well, Kale Gundy's his primary recruiter. Kale Gundy's been here this entire time. Kale Gundy can't make the executive decision to offer somebody. Well, and Kale Gundy was kind of busy for a while during the transition, right? Uh-huh. You know, and so you're talking about, to a certain extent, they had to get up to speed. Here's, here is what I know. Kale Gundy has been in touch with Cole Adams for several months now. So that relationship has been firmly established. As I said, and this is crucial to understand, Kale Gundy cannot make the executive decision to offer a player. There has to be a conversation with the rest of the staff. It has to be something that everybody's on board with and ready to proceed with. Now, there was a meeting a couple of weeks back, and one of the topics that was brought up in the meeting was Oklahoma's recruitment, or lack thereof, of Cole Adams. Now, in the aftermath of that meeting, there was a renewed effort to get Cole Adams on campus. That manifests itself with the visit today. And from what I understand, Mike, this staff intends to offer Cole Adams. And it what I'm saying is, if it doesn't happen today, folks, th- this is the last day we're ever going to bother talking about Cole Adams mm-hmm. because it just does not make sense for anybody to continue acting like this is going to be a thing if he doesn't walk away from campus today with an offer, I am convinced he will. Yeah, and you you think this is going to be a full-fledged offer. This isn't going to be a preferred walk-on kind of deal. No, this, no, you believe, no, no. I mean, it didn't uh, seem like, uh, again, that would be the route they would go, either an offer or no offer. But like you're saying – uh, the buzz is that there will be an offer. So you would be surprised tonight if we didn't see something on social media from Cole Adams, honored to get the offer from University of Oklahoma kind of thing. Exactly. Exactly. I would be surprised. Okay. So you have been in his corner for a long time. You've always been also a big Dylan Edwards fan. If they somehow get both of those guys, uh, you're talking about a lot of speed, a lot of elusiveness, and a wide receiver, and a guy who can play running back, but also is kind of a chess piece you can move around a little bit, right? Yes, that's so correct. So both of those guys, again, may be limited somewhat just by size, because speed obviously is not an issue with either one of them. Kendall says on the Air Comfort Solutions text line, so this is Kale Gundy's fault. Geez, leave it to a Gundy to drag their feet and almost screw up things with Cole Adams. How in the process of me stating any of what I just stated over the last two to three minutes did you come to the conclusion that this was Kale Gundy's fault? No, this was not Kale Gundy's fault. This is no one's fault. It's just a natural consequence of the way that a collegiate coaching staff operates. Kale Gundy did not he, – he was not a detriment to Oklahoma's recruitment of Cole Adams by yeah. any stretch of the imagination. And some of this is just life, man. I, I, I really think sometimes we overlook one of the obvious reasons why maybe it's been so slow is these guys are just getting to Norman. They're trying to find a place to live. They're trying to get their office. They're trying to get everything, you know, set up and get organized. If you – look, you may be – have been in your profession forever. I don't care if you start at a new place. It's like when I came here, man, I've been in this business for almost 40 years. But, you know, and now I feel super comfortable. But the first week, I didn't feel totally comfortable. Parker and I had never met. I'd only heard, you know, T-Rose endorsement, which was the kid's going to be a star. 
Toby, I gave that away. But I, I do think that, uh, you know, some of that is just life also. They were probably playing catch up a little bit. On the Air Coverage Solutions text line, one listener says, Alabama offered over 200 kids last year. Who knows if Cole Adams is even an acceptable offer? It is. I know it is. And if you don't believe me, here's what I can tell you. Cole Adams, and I, I, I want to I open by saying I think this will happen. Regardless of the OU offer, I think this will happen. Alabama wants Cole Adams to take an official visit over the summer. I think that visit will end up happening. You don't offer an official visit, Mike, to a prospect that you do not want on your roster. You don't, because schools only get a certain number. I think the number is 85, if I'm not mistaken. So when you're talking about offering 200 kids, okay, sure, maybe Alabama offers 200 kids over the course of a single recruiting cycle. But the, the amount of those players that are going to get official visits with the Crimson Tide, that number is going to be much smaller. And that is a very clear-cut indication of who Alabama actually wants. Really, who any school actually wants. If they give you the opportunity to take an official visit, they are recruiting you seriously. You are not an afterthought to them. They want you on their roster. They want you in their program. Yeah. And Cole Adams has been offered the opportunity to take an official visit with Alabama. All right, let's get a couple texts in before we get to a break. And uh, ladies and gentlemen, the Air Comfort Solutions text line is always available to you. No poke salad conversations today, by the way. We're done with our salad conversations. But it was interesting yesterday for a while. April 18th, 2022, poke salad day. Yes, on forever in radio day. history. 405-651-3439. Kendall says, stop with the excuses. Miss me with daily life for the reason Oklahoma is just now potentially offering Cole Adams. Should have happened months ago. Look, Kendall, I agree with you. I agree with you. And here is the reality. If it were that easy, it probably would have happened months ago. But again, the Oklahoma staff operates on a different timetable. They have to. It is not as easy as Cale Gundy watching the tape saying, oh, we need to offer this kid, picking up the phone and said, and saying, you've got an offer. It's not that, it's not that simple. It's not that cookie cutter. If it was, believe me, Cole Adams would have had that offer quite a while ago. Yeah, it is unusual, uh, but I, I don't know. I'm just trying to find one, one of the reasons or a couple of the reasons maybe why. Uh, maybe they were just unsure. I mean, who knows? But uh, Kendall says that we should that he has been the one driving the bus for Cole Adams for a long time. <laughs> Another listener <laughs> says the reason he hasn't gotten the offer is because they want taller wide receivers. Look at all the ones they're recruiting. Yeah, I mean that. Uh, well, there's I, I, there's some truth to that. But I think. you can still have a guy like uh, Jaden Gibson, right, and still have a, a Cole Adams on your roster. I mean, Drake Stoops is what five ten two. If that. Yeah, and what do you think Cole Adams like a faster version of Drake Stoops? And Drake Stoops has been a player for OU. Cole Adams could play anywhere. That's the reason he's got the Alabama offer is because he can play anywhere. He's that good. This is not a guy that's only getting an offer, well, <laughs> purportedly getting an offer mm-hmm. <laughs> because he's from the state of Oklahoma. Yeah. It's because he's one heck of a football player. 
One one other listener asked, do you think there's any guys that will commit this weekend and just shut it down? Yes, my gut feeling is that you get at least one commitment this weekend at the spring game. Really? Who are you feeling good I, about? Can you give it away? Who? I don't know. But you're, you're saying one? I, I, I think with as many guys as they are in very, very good standing with, somebody has to pop. Somebody. And I'm looking at this list. I'm thinking... We've been talking about David Stone for months, mm-hmm. and everybody's kind of been wondering, okay, when's that one going to drop? Uh, Dax Collins is going to be back. Maybe he gets the offer, and if he gets the offer, he'll be locked down. He is not going anywhere but Oklahoma if Oklahoma offers him. Jacoby Johnson's going to be at the spring game. That's another guy that people have been waiting, waiting for months, even a year plus. Kid from Mustang, right? Yes. I think maybe there's a chance he decides to commit. Caden Green, Dylan Edwards, both of those guys very high on Oklahoma. I'm not convinced either of them are going to commit this weekend, but I guess it wouldn't completely shock me. The point is, there are candidates. There are a whole bunch of guys that, in theory, you could see pulling the trigger. Mm -hmm. And so... I find it hard to believe Oklahoma gets out of this spring game weekend with as big of an event as it's going to be without at least one commitment. Yeah, one more, uh, the 580, I like that one because uh, it, it, it sounds like it's right. Uh, they want to value their offer, like Brent said, that takes time. He did say that, yes. Brent absolutely did say that uh, not too long ago. All right, we'll break right here. We'll come back. We'll talk about coaches under pressure in college football next fall. Some obvious ones and maybe some not-so-obvious ones that we'll uh, talk about. And, again, the Air Comfort Solutions text line available to you, 405-651-3439. We shall return. It is Tuesday here on The Ref. Okay, we're back. We're back. We're back on a Tuesday. And, again, the Air Comfort Solutions text line always available to you, 405-651-3439. Thank you to Lasher Home Comfort Systems, sponsoring hour number one here on uh, Steel Man and Thune. They're family-owned and operated, servicing the greater OKC area since 2007. Give them a ring at 405-579-3113 for all your heat and air needs. Okay. When you think coaches on the hot seats next fall, you think of uh, – give me a couple names. Coaches on the hot seat. Mm-hmm. Gosh, I really haven't even begun to think about that. How about Let two, a former soon arrival and a always soon arrival? Okay, well, I assume you're referring to Steve Sarkeesian at Texas. Yes, like, I, I don't view Steve Sarkeesian as on the hot seat, but also there was discussion about Texas firing him after one year. So the reality is you're always on the hot seat at the University of Texas because those boosters and stakeholders are the most insecure people in the universe. What about uh, the, the guy the Sooners beat last year that, uh, again, they'll be facing in Nebraska, Lincoln, Nebraska this year. Oh, my year. goodness. I mean, oh my goodness. Scott like, Frost basically I, said, you know what? We're going to keep you, Scott, but uh, we're going to be paying you in food stamps uh, for the next year. I should make fun of that. That's not not funny. But you know what I'm saying? He got a salary reduction uh, and kept his job. So basically, it's like, dude, we love to keep you. We know you've got history here, but it's going to have to start turning around a little bit. Well, I, I, my thing is, 
intuitively you would figure, okay, yes, Scott Frost is certainly out the, on the hot seat at Nebraska. I don't know if that's true. I think they may let him finish out his contract. And the reason I say that is because financially that athletic department is hamstrung right now. Mm-hmm. I'm pretty sure they're paying three coaches right now. They're paying Frost. They're still paying Mike Riley. And I'm fairly sure they're still paying Bo Pelini. Really? So you combine that with the fact that uh, the basketball program is the hardest job in the entire Power Five. Nebraska has still never won an NCAA tournament game. And Fred Hoiberg has just kind of become a lame duck there. And Fred Hoiberg got the same treatment as Scott yeah, Frost. exactly. That's Salary reduced, and again, I, we, we're going to keep you, but you're not going to be making as much. Now, I do think this is actually a really smart move by their athletic director, Trev Alberts, himself a former Husker, which is, you know what, basically, we're going to put you on prove-it deals, we're going to reduce your salary, we're going to give you the opportunity to keep your job, but if things don't turn around, mm-hmm. we're going to make a change. But what this allows Trev Alberts to do is kick the can down the road in the eyes of the fan base because now the fan base is thinking, oh, well, eh, accountability for these coaches. Love it. If they don't start winning, then great. We're going to have a new coach and we'll just move on. But in doing so, like I said, he's kicking the can further down the road in the sense that Frost and Hoiberg are getting closer and closer to the expirations of their contracts. So there may come a point in time where – the fan base is ready to part ways with Scott Frost and Fred Hoiberg, but Trev Alberts can just be like, actually, your contract's up. Let's just go ahead and yeah. go our separate ways. It's a way to appease the fan base he without is, making immediate right. change, and it's also going to save you money down the road because you don't got to pay a buyout. That's what I was going to say is, to an extent, Trev Alberts, the AD there, is pacifying the angry fans who are saying what are we doing here man we're not seeing anything okay well man we're the best team in the country to lose a bunch of close games guess what that doesn't count so you're right appeasing i say pacifying same thing so i think it was uh, kind of a smart move again by trev alberts you know what else is a tough job what's where there are a lot of people who are very shady and a lot of people now you may be saying a&m already and yes i'll get to a&m but a tough job where you never know who's backstabbing you. It's 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 not quite to Texas level in terms of uh, you know too many chefs in the kitchen. But there are a lot of underhanded chefs in the kitchen at Auburn. Brian Harson, remember Brian Harson? All these stories coming out like he's the worst dude ever. This guy's horrible, and you thought Brian Harson's going to get fired. He's still on the job. Yeah, fired with cause was the word. Yes. So I mean, that is a, Auburn is uh, seems like a mess to me. It is a mess. I mean, you can win a national championship and be gone like the next year, right, Gene Chizik? How many years after Auburn won the Cam Newton championship did Gene Chizik last? Two seasons. Two seasons. So that just seems like, again, they're in the shadow of Alabama. And when you think about for Auburn to win, what does Auburn have, like three three national championships? Maybe four? Yeah, something like that. Uh, to do that in the shadow of Alabama. But I always think, when I think about Auburn, I also think about underhanded cheating as well. Okay. like Here's what I'll say about Auburn, Mike. Auburn is like Oklahoma State in the sense that when it comes to in-state Power 5 programs, they are the little brother. But they've won national championships, though. Yes, they have won national championships. But I think what 
Auburn can take a lesson from Oklahoma State in is just being content with your status. If you are in the SEC, there will come a point in time at which you catch lightning in a bottle. It happens for everybody in that conference. It's happened for everybody with the exception of Vanderbilt, which, let's be real, Vanderbilt is barely in the SEC. If you try to cultivate stability as an athletic department, rather than changing coaches every time the wind blows the other direction uh, and always constantly trying to overhaul your personnel within your football program, then I think you have the opportunity to cultivate staying power in the SEC. And for the most part, Auburn's had staying power over the last decade. It just seems like it's been a myriad of ups and downs for that organization in terms of their ability to stay consistent year to year. You you think back to the 2010 National Championship team. That's exactly what I'm talking about. You caught lightning in a bottle with Cam Newton. But the next season they went, what, 4-8? and Something like Mm -hmm. that? And so it's about consistency when you're in the position that Auburn's in. Because as soon as you start to cultivate consistency, that's when you'll be able to step up and challenge Alabama because you'll start to recruit better. Your coaches and your support staff will start to dig into their environment and their surroundings and be able to be more comfortable with all of it. And it's that type of recipe that can open the door to a really successful football program in the long term. It's the difference, Mike, between trying to build a championship team and trying to build a championship program. I got you. And uh, we've got some good texts uh, rolling in on the Air Comfort Solutions text line, but I want to take a break right here so we can stay on schedule and not give, deliver you like a two-minute segment when we come back for the last segment. So keep those rolling in, 405 405- 651-3439-405-651-3439 on the Air Comfort Solutions text line. Uh, some other names, I think, on the hot seat and uh, maybe a little bit surprising, at least in my opinion. You could uh, you could put them there in like air quotes. So we'll talk about that when we get back. We got a lot going on today. It was cool to have the uh, women's gymnastics team in here today after winning their national championship. Stay with us here on The Ref. We shall return. Back with you. Tuesday edition of Steel Man and Thune here on the home of Sooner fans, The Ref Radio Network. Do you like a good food truck? Of course you do. They're awesome. You like a good craft beer? Yes, if that's your persuasion, you probably do. And you love music. I know that. So you got to get outdoors to Beats and Bites 2022 at Riverwind Casino. The first show outdoors on the Beats and Bites stage will be Night Ranger and Starship with Mickey Thomas coming up May 28th. I mean, Sister Christian, Rockin' America, Don't Tell Me You Love Me, Starship, nothing's going to stop us now. It's not enough. We built this city. Sarah, I mean, you're going to have a bunch of big-time hits uh, when Night Ranger and Starship with Mickey Thomas take the stage on May 28th. And in June, Everclear with Sister Hazel and Deep Blue Something. You also have a couple of shows in July. The Randy Rogers Band, July 9th. And a great, tremendous, really cool fireworks show. They always are out at Riverwind Casino. We'll follow that show on July 9th with the Randy Rogers Band. And then Scotty McCreary on July 30th. It is uh, the sixth consecutive year. Beats and Bites is back again. Outdoor concert series at Riverwind presented by Riverwind and Coop Aleworks 
food trucks, retail vendors, a fireworks show again on July 9th, and great music. And you can get your individual tickets now. They're only 5 bucks at Riverwind.com. That is at Riverwind.com. Beats and Bites 2022 is back. All right, you want to get to the uh, Air Comfort Solutions text line? Let us. Let's do it. Very, very compelling content here on the text line. I like this question a lot. One listener asks, is it possible when conference reconstruction happens that the SEC might try to vote out lame ducks like Vanderbilt to try to form a true super conference? I I, I don't know. I mean, I, I think we're heading in that direction eventually. Who knows how long it's going to take, but, um, you know, Vandy's got a nice journalism school, and they're very good at baseball. <laughs> And they, they still are have, very good at baseball. They still have that's mem- worth. Memorial Gymnasium with the Rays Court, which is kind of cool. And it's Skip Bayless's alma mater too. Skip Bayless went to Vanderbilt. He did. Yes, he got a scholarship. He got a journalism scholarship huh. out of uh, Northwest Class and graduated from Vandy. So. Interesting. Which is the worst head coaching job, Texas or Auburn? That comes from the text line. Oh man, that's a good question. I'd know. go with Texas. I'd go with Texas over Auburn. Really? Well, Brent didn't pick Auburn, right? He was in the running, apparently. That's, well, he he had the job offer in hand. Yes. And Allegedly. He was smart because Auburn, man, that is a cauldron of cheating and uh, people who are impatient, in my opinion. They're not as impatient as they are at Texas, though. And that's my th- – like, Texas carries the flag for the entire state. As much as Texas A&M wants to lay claim mm-hmm. to being the state's premier football institution, now it's still Texas. Yeah. It's going to be Texas. And everything's bigger in Texas. As we know, Mike, one of the things that's bigger is the pressure on you to win there as the head football coach. That is a job that has eaten entire careers alive in recent years. Well, Charlie yeah. Strong's stock has never been the same, mm-hmm. nor has Tom Herman's. Steve Sarkeesian is heading in the same direction if he doesn't turn things around in 2022. Yeah. Well, and uh, think about an A&M. You know, A&M's got a lot of money. they got a great facility. they got a great stadium. They're recruiting. Uh, lights out right now. But think about the Aggie Warham. It's all about the University of Texas and basically their infatuation from the University of Texas. Oh, boy. We have a text from Doug from Norman. Oh, geez. This is always a fun one. Doug from Norman says, I get it that your job is to pander to the Sooner Nation. That's what your powerful 30-mile radius station exists for. But quit talking out of both sides of your collective mouth. When you discuss Brent Venables, you always state how many championships he has won, never mentioning that he was merely another assistant on Dabo Sweeney's staff. But when you mention any other program, you refer to the head coach as the individual responsible for whatever number of championships they won. Nick Saban did this, or Bob Stoops won this, or Barry Switzer won this. You just mentioned that Cale Gundy was an assistant, but not respi- not responsible for final decisions on recruiting because he's an assistant. It's ironic that you always state that Venables has won seven national championships. He has won as many as Cale Gundy has won. None. It's also ironic that both Texas and USC, both programs you love to trash, have both won national championships since Oklahoma has. Oh, Doug's in a good mood again today, <laughs> isn't he? Doug's on one. Wrong with his medulla oblongata. <laughs> no, 
<laughs> First of all, we have much uh, much wider radius than that, Doug. So that's in, inaccurate. Who said that Brent? I mean, if you want to say that Brent has been part of stabs that have won championships, okay, I get that. If you want to talk semantics, I never mentioned that he's won seven. You know, I I don't. I, no, but he I, has on, on that staff. But I just think that he's got a chance to be an excellent head coach. I think he was a good hire, and we're pointing out the same thing, that those assistants were in the same spot that Brent was, and when Oklahoma has hired a top-flight assistant, it has worked out better for them than hiring a head coach. And here's a pretty indisputable common denominator. I'm not saying this is because of Brent Venables. All I'm saying is that when you look at a coach's entire 29-year career Mm -hmm. and realize that he's never been part of a coaching staff that did not coach in a bowl game at season's end, like he's never been part of a losing program, ever, at Kansas State, Clemson, or Oklahoma. And I literally said in the first segment, we don't know if Brent's going to win a national championship or not, but I bet that he will. There's no guarantee of that. Do you think Doug gets invited to many parties, or do you think it's like, oh, gosh, Doug's coming? Get ready. There's going to be an argument. Think he's that guy? I don't know. All right, we got to get out of here, ladies and gentlemen. Top of the hour. Thank you, Doug, for the text, by the way. All right. We are going to take a timeout, come back with an award-winning second hour, hopefully right here on The Ref. Keep it here. Hour number two, presented by the Seth Wadley Auto Group in Paul's uh, Valley, I ladies love and gentlemen. The Air Comfort Solutions text line. It's so good. So good. All right. Uh, yeah, we're going to have to go to it here in just one second. But uh, Exit 72 in Paul's Valley, thank you again to our second hour sponsor, the Seth Wadley Auto Group, and that great guarantee oil changes engines for life on newer used gas or diesel. All right, right before we get there, we were talking about coaches on the hot seat for next year. We talked about uh, Scott Frost and Sark, David Shaw at Stanford would be on there. Uh, you know, in the Big 12, I think maybe Neil Brown at West Virginia. Uh, that seat's heating up a little bit. What about the pressure on two guys to seem to be in really good situations right now? Muleshoe pressed the easy button to go to SC, of course, uh, ran from the SEC. I mean, like Pee Wee Herman. He ran like the SEC was Mike Tyson and he was Pee Wee Herman. So he just, you know, turned around and ran to the West Coast. For a lot of money, of course, in a mansion and all of that stuff. So he's got it going pretty good. But he's still, he's, he's, he went to the 98-pound weakling conference. Decided, you know what? I can't handle the big boys. I'm going to have to get out of here and get my money. I had no allegiance to the University of Oklahoma. I'm from Mule Shoe, freaking Texas. With a background at Texas Tech, which is Lubbock's a very evil place in many ways. Bill Beatonbow, you're excused. You passed the test. But, uh, you know, they throw batteries and tortillas, and they're just – Texas Tech is a glorified junior college, and that was Muleshoe's background. So I, why am I even talking about this? Can okay, we well, go to the Air Comfort yes. Solutions text Let's line. get back on track. But what about, what about Jimbo Fisher? No, no. Only no. because you better start producing. No. You can't go eight and four if you're recruiting like this. They did go eight and one, I guess, the previous season. I'm not no. saying like fired, but once you start bringing in all these blue chips and you're spending every dime in College Station on recruits, 
you better start winning 10 games a year. Unless Jimbo Fisher gets caught cheating with the university president's mm-hmm. daughter or gets indicted for tax fraud, no, he will have he will have his job in 2023. Yeah, and, and I'm not saying he's going to be fired. I'm just saying the more recruit recruiting classes like you bring in, like the one he's bringing in, Maybe the best in history, that seat automatically, it's like that, you know where you have the heated seat button? Yes. And, you know, it's really hot as three levels. It's going to be on level one for Jimbo Fisher, <laughs> you know. All right. Uh, follow up to last segment's comment from Doug out of Norman, who is a regular, uh, one of the more adversarial texters on the Air Comfort Solutions text mm-hmm. line. He followed up and said, a fair discussion of what I said. Love you guys, and I hope Coach Venables has tremendous success, too. Are we dealing with someone that has, like, dissociative personality disorder or something? It's like we get two different versions of Doug with every text. Who knows? Well, we met Doug at the 64-team giveaway, and you know what? Doug was a really nice guy. There are some people that just like to argue. But he did start off, it was a little bit smart-alecky. It was actually a lot of it, like... The 30-mile radius, which is inaccurate, we now have a statewide radius. Now, if you want to talk about this station in particular. And then he called us panderers. I don't do any pandering. I don't pander. I mean, you know, we are located in Norman, Oklahoma, and we bill ourselves as the home of Sooner fans. You play the hits. That's right. You play the hits. Now, if you want to talk about the Thunder's uh, salary situation, uh, we'll do that a little bit, but not a lot. One listener says, is Doug Bud Elliott's editor? (laughs) Somebody else says, I'm down here in Tom, Oklahoma, listening. (laughs) Suck it, Doug. Tom, Oklahoma. I didn't know there was a Tom, Oklahoma. Where is that? I need to know where Tom, Oklahoma is. I'm going to Google it right now. I'm very curious. Somebody says, Doug is most likely the guy that lives in his mama's basement yelling out, Mama, I'm out of Hot Pockets. Can you bring me another one? Or is he like John, the old John Clayton promo? <laughs> another one says, yes, Doug is that guy. Probably kicks his dog, too. Doug is what you know. There are some people in life that you run into that are naysayers. They just they're naysayers. They love to naysay. They're the naysaying naysayers. Did you ever have a friend that always just wants to argue about something? Yes. Or takes the other side. Like I a don't contrarian. know. I've got a. He's a good friend of mine. We worked in radio a lot together at a couple different places. I'm not going to mention any names. Todd Lizamy, but he's a naysayer. <laughs> Todd was always a naysayer. He's always wanting to take the other side just to take the other side. And sometimes that's fine. And then if it happens all the time, you're like, oh, my gosh, just stop trying to take the other side. No, Get no. Take like, the other side. My, my best friend and roommate in college, my best friend to this day, is exactly this type of person. Where it doesn't matter what he can argue with you about, he will argue mm-hmm. with you about That's it. That's exhausting, though, after a while. Doesn't it get exhausting? It's 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 the brand that Colin Cowherd mm-hmm. has made popular. I don't mind a uh, a good debate here and there, but, you know, we, we don't debate anymore. We scream at each other. Uh, see, now everybody's chiming in on where they're listening from to go ahead and uh, disprove I can tell Doug's you notion. that Tom is in McCurtain County. Yeah, somebody said southeastern Oklahoma, south of Broken Bow, mm. in the sticks. I haven't spent a lot of time in uh, southeastern Oklahoma, down there in Durant for a little while. 
My uh, had some relatives in Durant, and you've got to call it Durant. And I'm sure they call Kevin Durant, Kevin Durant. One of our listeners says Tom is by antlers. Myron Patton is from Tom. Hmm. I didn't realize that. Ah, I didn't know that either. Listening in Wyandotte, Oklahoma, says one listener. Another says, uh, <laughs> Doug doesn't know distance. I'm in Duncan for work and still listening to you. That's a little more than 30 miles. Mm-hmm. You know what is really strange? I have never been to Duncan. I mean, that's one of those towns You've never you would have been to Duncan? That I would have been to Duncan. Wow. You and I haven't been to Duncan. Long? Uh, for a long time. I've been on this planet nearly 59 years. Ooh. Somebody- Jack- Jackie Sherrill was from Duncan, right? Former AM head coach. And- somebody says, listening from near the Blue Whale. In northeast Oklahoma. Ah, uh, yes. I love the Blue Whale. Shut the bleep up, Doug. We have, I've, I've road tripped to the Blue Whale a couple times, and they have uh, they have touched up the Blue Whale where it looks really good. That is over there in, uh, the Blue Whale is in Catoosa. Catoosa, yes. The Blue Whale of Catoosa. You finally I'd saw nev- it I'd that. never heard yes. of that. I, I, I texted you because I saw the commercial. I saw the Blue Whale of Catoosa commercial that you had referenced months ago, and I had no idea what you were talking about because I'm not an Oki local. Mm-hmm. And so Catoosa means nothing to me. The Blue Whale of Catoosa at that point certainly meant nothing to me. So, But, no, I, I saw the commercial, and I was like, huh, okay. You can, road trip, you can road trip right down uh, Route 66 oh. and uh, go and run right into the Blue Whale of Catoosa. It's a very scenic route. This is outstanding on the Air Comfort Solutions text line. Our listeners are saying such things as the following. I work in the oil field. I can get you out by Chester. Shout out, Chester. What's up? Listening. In Chester. Chester in Chester or just Chester? Uh, just Chester. That's hard work, man. More power to you. That's that's hardworking folks right there. Listening to you fine gents from Waxahachie, Texas, and Doug is a moron. I'm from Duncan, says one listener. Another says, listening from Muleshoe, Texas. What? Really? What are you doing in Muleshoe? Are you spying or what? Has Muleshoe's childhood home been defaced? Let us know. know. What are you doing? You've got to text us back and let us know. The people of Muleshoe are fine people, I'm sure, but their favorite son just turned his back on the University of Oklahoma and walked away after pressing the easy button. Lake Tahoe checking in, Doug. To disprove the 30-mile radius, streaming in Coos Bay, Oregon. Coos Bay, Oregon. I bet that's a cool place. I wonder what the temperature is in Coos Bay, Oregon right now. I'm going to guess Coos Bay, Oregon is 61 degrees. Let me see. Coos Bay, Oregon weather. <laughs> Listening in Berry Hill, Oklahoma. Go home, Doug. Everyday listener to all shows, 7 through 5. You guys are great. That comes from Jay in Medill, Oklahoma. I like Medill. I've driven through there a couple times, and I was like, you know what? I could live in this town. I like Medill. Coos Bay, Oregon, currently 48 degrees. 48 degrees. That sounds about right for Oregon. I bet, I bet that's a beautiful place. This I, time of year? I've ne- the Pacific Northwest, I've been to San Francisco, but I've never been to Oregon or you know up in that area. I bet it's awesome. Listening from Phoenix, Arizona, says one listener. Another says listening in Garland, Texas. Listening from the motherland, OKC, LOL, <laughs> says one of our local listeners. Another says, listen to you on iHeartRadio nationwide. There we go. Listening from Depew, Oklahoma, population 500. Las Vegas Sooner, also 702, Clinton. 
Man, every everybody's popping out. Great I love football this. city, Clinton. Vegas, another, Vegas sooner. Hello, how you doing? Another listener simply says, "Don't be Doug." Doug's just one of those argumentative types, you know. He's Doug's human. He just wants to argue. A we're gonna bit. we're he, gonna start referring to him on this show as Doug the Contrarian. Listening from Inglewood, California, walking distance to SoFi. There we go. That The old fabulous forum used to be out in Inglewood, California. Showtime Lakers. Listening to you from Yorba Linda, California, says one ah, listener. Closer I, to Mule Shoe than I want to be. You know, we I have family out in California. They live in Torrance. And guess what? It's my mom's cousin. They're really close. And the husband is a huge sc fan listening from beaver just south of hooker is that real or is <laughs> that, that a joke that's like, real i don't know there's a beaver and a hooker i don't know about the geography there but that's pretty oh, good man. papillion nebraska shout out 402 and shout out jordy ball yes absolutely jordy ball what a star she is. The 402 is repping strong at Oklahoma these days. I used to be the most prominent 402 native in and around Norman, Oklahoma. Now I got Jordy Ball, Caden Helms, Jordan Bowers is from Lincoln. Mm-hmm. So Nebraska got all kinds of athletes now in the Crimson and Cream. By the way, I, I was a little bit uh, starstruck today uh, with the women's gymnastics team coming in here. I'd never met Coach Kendler. I hear her on the radio all the time. Super nice, super cool. Uh, and then Maggie Nichols walked in, mm-hmm. and I'm like, you know, I wasn't expecting Maggie Nichols to be here, and what a what a star. Yeah, you know, it's interesting, and, like, you know, because Maggie Nichols, not only for what she did, you know, in gymnastics and is still doing stuff in, in that sport, obviously, but great career at the University of Oklahoma, but for what she stood up for, I almost felt like I was shaking hands with like a Rosa Parks or somebody. <laughs> Seriously, because what she did is going to impact generations and generations long after she's gone. Yeah, that's funny. The courage I, that it took for her to get up as athlete A and come out and, you know, really that started the ball rolling on taking down the Larry Nasser types, all of those creeps. I have to consistently remind myself just how much of a star Maggie Nichols is in the public mm-hmm. eye because I've run in the same circles as her for years mm-hmm. and years. Like, we took grad classes together for a year and a half. Uh, we live in the same apartment complex. And so I see her quite frequently. And so it's, it's become one of those things where you just kind of become numb to stardom just by being around a person yeah. so much. Right. But yeah. then, you, you know, you, know you hear uh, you hear accounts like that where you're like it felt like i was shaking the hand of a well and again because of uh, somebody like rosa parks uh impact on society you know and maggie nichols yeah we think about the gymnastics but her impact on society moving forward and for future generations cannot be underestimated i mean the courage that it took to basically be the first one to really speak up on a national stage uh, and this was a little bit before, you know, the Me Too movement really took on, uh, you know, a lot of steam. So major respect to her as, uh, you know, obviously for her career on the map. But what she did, you know, it, like I said, I, I felt honored just to say hello and shake her hand. Keep chiming in on the Air Comfort Solutions text line with where you're listening from because I'm always curious. But we'll leave the final word to Mark Twain before we hit a break here. 
Never argue with an idiot. They will drag you down to their level and beat you with experience. That was submitted by one of our fine listeners so on good. the Air Comfort Solutions Mark text Twain, line. what a classic. Who would have been like the Mark Twain of sports radio? Um, Randy Galloway, maybe, in Texas when he was still on the radio at WBP, WBAP 820. He used to call Switzer old gun smoke. Fire off a shot when Switzer got caught with the uh, firearm in his luggage. Old Randy Galloway, WBAP 820. Old gun smoke. And then they'd fire off a gunshot. Interesting guy. He was good, though. I liked him. All right, we're going to break. Right, You talk about a Texan. It was Randy Galloway. All right, stay with us. We're coming back. We'll talk a little more spring football. And uh, we got some NBA going on. Interesting. Trey Young back on the court tonight after his worst playoff game ever the other night. We'll get into that more when we get back. All right, we're back. Spring football game coming up Saturday, 3 o'clock. And our pregame show begins at 11.30 out at Balfour. It's going to be very interesting to see how many folks roll out. I think uh, lower bowl only, they've got a great chance to sell it out. It's going to be, if it's not sold out, it's going to be very close. All right, we did hear from Brent Venables earlier uh, after the uh, fire alarm finally died down at his uh, presser, and we'll have some audio of that coming up uh, later here on The Ref, that uh, Dylan Gabriel is going to play for the red and the whites. Dylan Gabriel will play for both sides. So, Dang, that's <sighs> – my prediction for the spring game was that whatever team Dylan Gabriel was on was going to win. Well, and you're now right. I can't, now you're, I can't even make that prediction. <laughs> All right. Uh, Jeff Lebby, of course, the uh, new OC for the Sooners and uh, had uh, success with Dylan Gabriel at UCF. Obviously, Matt Corral at Ole Miss uh, coaching for Lane Kiffin had uh, one of the highest-ranked offenses in the country as well. Lincoln Riley – Wait, wait a minute. You'll see. I was also known as an offensive guru, uh, of course, when he came to Norman. And I, I do think he's a good offensive coach. There were some times when I thought he abandoned the run games. Like, man, what, what are you doing? But let's hear from Kale Gundy, who uh, obviously was with Lincoln and now has seen what Jeff Levy is trying to do offensively. Here is Kale on Levy and Lincoln and their offensive philosophy. Lincoln was a great offensive mind. We all know that. Uh, Lincoln was very creative, probably one of the most creative offensive minds and guys I've ever been around. Um, Lincoln, over time, learned the run game. You know, in his background, in his history, it was mainly throwing and passing and getting the ball in space. Um, and then I, I think. You know, not only I think he would also tell you that he became a, a better coach here when he got here because we ran the ball more. Uh, uh, you know, again, just Jeff is already he he's already polished in all those areas. I mean, he's he's polished in in um, in everything, um, and it is it's very very impressive. There you go. So clearly, he is saying that Jeff Levy is better. There is no doubt about it. <laughs> it's like, but he's right. I mean, what the tech. The run game was to offset the passing game, right? It felt like always. Yes. So, yes, I mean, you are a uh, – prisoner is not the right way – to your background and where you got started and who uh, who your leader was. You're, he's a disciple of Mike Leach and that system out there. But he did, as Cale Gundy said, they started to run the football more, and I think uh, Bob Stoops decreed that also. I think that even happened with Mike Leach. 
You know, Mike Leach spent one year at OU, and you heard the story that Brent told about Mike Mangino, you know, was the run game coordinator, and Leach was the OC, and they had that meeting out of the Hampton Inn, and Mangino was talking about how excited he was to run the, you know, power football on a certain play, and Leach said, you can think it all you want, I'm not going to run it, or whatever, you know. So, and they, you know, they won that national championship in the in year two with Mike Mangino, you know, as the OC running the football a bunch more than they did the first year. So, anyway, it's going to be interesting to see how it turns out again on Saturday. Okay, uh, you, again, think that there is an offer coming today, and you would be very surprised, right, if Cole Adams, the Owasso, speedy 5'10 wide receiver, doesn't get an official offer from OU today. I would be surprised, and Lord knows if he walks away from campus Without an offer, Kendall will be picketing outside the doors of the Switzer Center tomorrow. Kendall's very upset. He can get very upset. Uh, Air Comfort Solutions tax line, by the way. One listener says, listening from the Phillips 66 refinery in Ponca City. Shout out, Ponca City. Ponca City, hometown of my former professor and just an overall excellent human being and Mike Betcher. Local legend. Mike Betcher, he was at uh, NBC for a long time. Yes, he was. He's been everywhere. I mean that. Mm-hmm. Like if there was if there was anybody that ever personified Johnny Cash's song I've been everywhere, it is Mike Betcher. He was a correspondent for a long time. He came he came and uh, spoke to us at uh, at the J school back in 85 86. Oh, he couldn't have been much more than 30 at that point. So he was there though. He was there. <laughs> Kendall says if Cole leaves the campus without an offer, I'm going to burn the very OU pullover I'm currently wearing. That seems a little extreme there, mm-hmm. Kendall, but uh, somebody else says I'm a truck driver live in Oak Mulgee, currently listening to you in Greenwood, Arkansas. Shout out. Oak Mulgee. That's Bill Self's hometown. Was Bill really? Yep. Oak Mulgee? I know he played high school in Edmond, but I didn't know he was born in Oak Mulgee. Yes, sir. Greenwood, Arkansas. I'm not sure. By the way, I looked up Coos Bay, Oregon. It looks awesome. I mean, it. Oh, do we want to do a remote from there? Yes, we do. It looks really cool. Coos Bay, way, Oregon. By the way, I looked up Beaver, Oklahoma, and apparently, it markets itself as the cow chip throwing capital of the world. Hmm. And y'all wonder why Lincoln Riley wanted to leave Oklahoma, huh? The city is host to the annual World Cow Chip Throwing Championship. See, that's the thing, though. I bet you Beaver, Oklahoma isn't more than an hour from Muleshoe. It cannot be very far because it's out of really? the panhandle. Okay. I didn't know that. So we have uh, the noodling capital of the world is Paul's Valley, right? Pretty much. Is it really? I didn't realize they have that. They that big noodling event every summer. Yes, but uh, the city has hosted the annual World Cow Chip Throwing Championship. That is Beaver, Oklahoma's claim Dude, to fame. you've got to Google uh, images of Coos Bay, Oregon, because we need to do a remote there. Okay. It looks really, really nice. So Beaver appears to be essentially due north of Canadian Texas, the hometown of Tanner Schaefer, and now I'm attempting to locate muleshoe on this map i'm really not having much luck at the moment it's right on yeah okay here you go yeah i found it it's uh eh, that's still a pretty solid drive never it's it is more than an hour i lied muleshoe's right there on route 666 not route 66 (laughs) 
<laughs> Sorry, bad joke. I won't be here much longer, folks. Only 30 minutes. That's it. All right. Uh, man, the text line is blowing up today. Listening to you guys Monday through Friday from beautiful Burleson, Texas, home of the Elks. Former home of Dylan Riola, the number one overall prospect hmm. in the class of 2024, but he's since moved out to Arizona. Okay, now I'm not reading that one. Now, now we're getting we're getting jokes about Beaver. So keep it keep it PG on the Air Comfort Solutions text line. Well, folks. the greatest scene was Leslie Nielsen in The Naked Gun with uh, uh, Priscilla Presley. A Sarco Copper Refinery in Amarillo. Amarillo by morning. That is very close to Muleshoe. Yes, Amarillo. I, we used to make trips to Amarillo all the time because we, my mom's brother and our cousins were out there, and we'd head there every Thanksgiving and usually once in the summer. So we made many trips to Amarillo. You ever tried to eat that 72-ounce steak? The no, Texan? we've eaten there, but I never, you know, I was too young to try the 72-ounce steak, you know, because they moved away by, what, like 83 or something like that? So the world record 82. for the fastest time to eat the Big Texan is held by this competitive eater that's actually from Omaha. Really? It is a female competitive eater. Wow. Yes, her name is Molly Schuyler. She's like five foot two. Like, if you pass this lady on the street, you would never, <laughs> never guess. She's like one of the most formidable competitive eaters in the world. Sure, yeah. But no, like, I, I think she finished that steak and all the sides in something like four and a half minutes holy cow yeah really? I, I, those kinds of people like those are anomalies yeah i don't understand how they do what they do uh but it's impressive you ever thought about going into competitive eating with like joey chestnut oh, absolutely and i mean does, absolutely not. i can't like, watch i watched it for a while i can't watch it anymore it's just it's it's too much gluttony. Apparently, there's going to be a hot dog eating contest at the spring game this weekend. Really? Okay. I saw that on Twitter. I think OU Football tweeted something out about it. But, hmm. yeah, like, I I eat a 16-ounce steak, Mike, and that's sitting heavy in my stomach for the whole rest of the night. A 72-ounce steak is four and a half times that. Mm-hmm. I cannot imagine just how heavy and how lethargic I would feel after eating something like that. Yeah. I, I hear you. All right, we're going to break right here. Thanks to the Seth Wadley Auto Group in Paul's Valley. Exit 72 for a great deal on a vehicle from the Seth Wadley Auto Group and great service after the sale, including oil changes and engines for life on newer used gas or diesel. I like seeing this where everybody's listening from today. That's cool. I know Plank does that a lot uh, on the softball broadcast. By the way, Plank is a superstar. All that guy does, he's so good. He's really, 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 really good. All right, ladies and gentlemen, we will head back to your texts, and we've got a little NBA action happening tonight we'll get into. Sooner softball team back in action tomorrow night against North Texas OU baseball, taking on the Shockers of Wichita State tonight at 630 at Mitchell Park. Coming right back. All right, Mike Steely, Parker Thune, Steelman and Thune here on the Home of Sooner Fans, the Ref Radio Network on a Tuesday. And uh, once again, Sooner Spring Game, 3 o'clock on Saturday. Pre-game show beginning at 1130. Tell me about this 2025 quarterback from Mississippi who seems to be pretty excited about uh, OU. Emil Piccarella mm-hmm. is his name. Is that who you're referring to? Yes. Uh, 2025 quarterback out of Mississippi. Yeah, he's got several offers, uh, the most notable one being Ole Miss, but – he will be on campus, and I just I'm, I'm really not putting too much stock into anything 
yet regarding Emil Piccarello in Oklahoma, mostly because Oklahoma hasn't even offered a quarterback in the class of 2024. Right, So yeah. this seems to me like a courtesy. This seems to me like Oklahoma saying, okay, this kid's really good. He's going to be worth monitoring in the future. We should probably go ahead and host him at the spring game. So yeah, I, I this is not a guy that I expect is going to get an offer. Well, I know he's not going to get yeah, an offer. Too because, early. Yeah, Oklahoma's not going to offer any 2025 prospects until next spring. I was but just impressed um, with his tweet because obviously he's down the road, but he was like looking forward to being on campus and continuing to build my relationship with the new staff. Like, man, really? That's that's pretty impressive, unless it's like his mom wrote it for him or something. But that was pretty impressive, and like seems like a pretty mature kid. Yeah, I wonder. I wonder if they were pre-written tweets because a whole bunch of them that I saw from mm-hmm. prospects announcing their trips to the spring game uh, were basically the exact same. So really, I, I, mm, okay. I it made it made me wonder. They might have been pre-written. They might have just been, you know, sent a graphic with you know they tweet this type of thing. Ah, uh, okay, gotcha. I don't know. I don't know how it all works behind the scenes. but All right, so this weekend uh, was the weekend of the 26th. Was that the weekend that was huge uh, back, what, uh, in uh, March? 26th was big. March yeah. 5th was big as well. March 5th. This weekend for the spring game in comparison to those two weekends is how does it differ? Is it bigger? Is it a little smaller? Is it more prospects also from – like we were just talking about, maybe the 2024, 2025, how are we looking at – I know you're still trying to build the total list, but how are we looking at this weekend in terms of prospects coming to OU? Yeah, I think it would be comparable. Um, at this point in time, I don't know that it's going to be significantly bigger or significantly smaller, but this is definitely it's, – it's one that naturally has been circled on, on the calendar for quite some time as really the next big recruiting weekend at Oklahoma. So – Right now, I want to say we have somewhere in the neighborhood of 20 to 25 prospects confirmed, along with a whole bunch of others that we're in the process of confirming. So uh, don't be surprised if that list is north of 40 by Saturday. Top three names you would put. Wow, sounded like Peter Brady and the Brady Bunch there. Did you have a voice crack? time to change. Uh, Holy cow. All right, uh, so the top three names. On that list would be, for you, who? Jackson Arnold's going to be there. Okay. That's big because you want to have your quarterback. want to have your quarterback around for any major recruiting event because everybody wants to follow the Pied Piper, and the Pied Piper is always the quarterback. Mm-hmm. So having Jackson Arnold there is significant for Oklahoma. Even though he is already committed, that has as much of an impact uh, for the Sooners' recruiting efforts in the class of 2023 and beyond as any other singular attendee this weekend. Uh, Jaquazy Petaway, four-star wide receiver out of Houston, is a top 50 prospect in the 2023 class, and he is going to be on campus. Oklahoma has hosted him before. I believe it was March 5th uh, was his previous trip to campus. I'm curious to see what happens here because Petaway is not particularly forthcoming about the details of his recruitment. He's a guy that keeps things closer to the vest, and I haven't heard a whole lot of buzz or a whole lot of smoke to suggest that OU is really in this thing, which equates Petaway. But when the kid takes two visits in as many months on his own dime to Oklahoma, That's pretty you serious. start to pay attention. Yeah, so, absolutely. Maybe this turns into something. 
Well, he's in Houston. You said he's from Houston, right? That's correct. He's probably got A&M Bagman chasing him around everywhere. <laughs> if I got to throw in a number three, it's probably Caden Green. Number six. Visit number six to Oklahoma for him. What do you say? Uh, Oklahoma's in his top five, right? Didn't yep. he narrow it to a top five? And who else was in that top five? Oklahoma, Nebraska, Missouri, Miami, and Michigan. And the Sooners' main competition, you think, would be? Probably probably Michigan. Michigan and Nebraska are the two that I really believe could be a fly in the ointment for the Sooners' recruitment of Caden Green. But look... I've had the OU crystal ball in for Caden Green for almost a full year. So I believe he's going to be a Sooner. I stand by that. He's going to take all five officials. I don't think his mind is going to change. And right now he's heavily leaning OU. All right. So again, three o'clock on Saturday for the Sooner spring game. And uh, a little bit later on today, we will have some of the uh, Brent Venables press conference uh, audio today. And uh, is is there anything uh, alarming about the fire alarm going off early on? Is that some kind of omen or something? Or yeah, is it well, hopefully not, right? Mule shoe kept the uh, the self destruct button. That's all that means. Yeah, that's true. All right, uh, hoops tonight. We have the Hawks at the Heat, six thirty on TNT. Atlanta again. Uh, they eliminated Cleveland at Cleveland, and they had to go play Miami, the top seed in the East. Duncan Robinson went crazy in Game One, made eight of nine from three point range. Trey Young uh, just didn't have it in Game One. One of twelve from the floor, zero of seven from three, only had eight points. Should be a better game tonight. Game two of that series, Atlanta at Miami. We've got the T-Wolves at Memphis, 7.30 on NBA TV. And then the Pelicans at the Suns is the late game on TNT. Last night, the Warriors, man, their new death lineup, Steph Curry again uh, coming off the bench. We'll see. And the new death lineup is Clay, Draymond, Aaron Wiggins, Steph Curry, and Jordan Poole, the kid out of Michigan who's been really good for them. He was 5 of 10 from three-point range, just like Steph last night. Uh, Steph had 34, Jordan Poole had 29, Clay had 21. Between them, they made 13 threes. The Warriors beat the Nuggets. Uh, again, the Nuggets, no Jamal Murray, no Michael Porter Jr. They were hopeful maybe they would come back for the postseason. Hasn't happened. Warriors up two games to none in that series. The Mavs behind Jalen Brunson with 41. Remember, no Luka again in Game 2, still out with that calf injury. And they even up the series with Utah. Uh, at one game apiece, 110 to 104 was the final again. Jalen Brunson, former Villanova star, 41 points. And the uh, Sixers, Sixers beat the Raptors 112 to 97. Tyrese Maxey has been on fire for the Sixers. They beat Toronto again by 15 to go up two games to none in that series. And uh, Marcus Smart, defensive player of the year, that was announced yesterday. And uh, what did you think? News comes down Parker, Elijah Harkless to UNLV to play for Kevin Kruger. Yeah, predictable. OU ties. Yeah. And he's from California, so it made sense for him to go closer to home for his final year. But, yeah, I, I'm not surprised by that. He wasn't coming back to OU. As soon as he hit the portal, it was pretty evident that uh, he was not going to withdraw and come back. There were some circumstances there that made it pretty abundantly evident that he was out for good. Yeah. All right, we got a break right here. We've got one more segment to go. Riverwind Casino, music, 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 outdoors, food trucks, craft beers. It is Beats and Bites 2022. The great summer concert series is coming back to Riverwind Casino. We'll fire it up with show number one, Night Ranger. 
and Starship featuring Mickey Thomas on May 28th. I mean, we built this city, right? We built this city on rock and roll. San Francisco, of course, they're talking about. And they did. Sarah, Find Your Way Back, No Way Out, uh, Nothing's Gonna Stop Us Now, all those Starship hits, and then Night Ranger, Sister Christian. Uh, uh, I mean, that's, that's an anthem. That's an anthem. And again, we've got a great concert series beginning May 28th at Riverwind with Beats and Bites 2022. Get online at riverwind.com and get your tickets. Individual seats are only 5 bucks. We've got Everclear, Sister Hazel, Deep Blue Something coming in June. In July, the Randy Rogers Band with a great fireworks show and Scotty McCreary on July 30th. Outdoors, great food. Retail vendors everywhere, a great time to be had by all. $5 for each individual ticket. Get them now at riverwind.com. We'll be right back. All right, headed down the stretch. We have locked in coming up at the top of the hour. Again, Sooner Baseball tonight, Oklahoma hosting Wichita State over at Mitchell Park, 630. Sooner women's softball team now 38-1 after losing to the Longhorns on uh, Saturday. We'll play North Texas and Denton tomorrow night at 6.30. And again, the Sooner Spring football game, 3 o'clock Saturday, down at Gaylord Family, Oklahoma Memorial Stadium. Our pregame show begins from uh, Balfour on Campus Corner at 11.30. I was at Balfour last weekend, and I can't leave Balfour without spending at least, you know, 100 bucks or so. Got to have that new gear, and they have it all. Yeah, right you're a sucker for gift shops, aren't you? I am, man. I am. I, I I can't even fit all the stuff I have in a closet. It's getting ridiculous, totally ridiculous. Okay, uh, let's get back to the text line. We've got a lot of people still uh, rolling in, rolling with us on the text line, 405-651-3439. Oh, okay, I, I, I'm hoping I pronounced this right. I'm from Floydata, Texas. Mule Shoe was in my district. Good football town, also a fellow Red Raider. I think Riley didn't appreciate how bent y'all get because of a 10-2 and two <laughs> record. In Lubbock, we will lock your son in a dark shed for a 10-win season. That's good. That's good. <laughs> That's good. Uh, I like it. Yeah, I'm sure there's some good Red Raiders out there, right? One, one listener says, listening from non-Oklahoma. Hmm. Is that a real place? Non? I don't know. I'm going to have to look that up. That might be a typographical error. I'm not sure, but I've never heard never heard of non-Oklahoma. One listener says, I've listened to you guys while paging at the White House, listening back home in Nawada today. How about that? Paging at the White House and listening to us. That's That's very impressive. One says, just listening from Norman, you know, the mecca of college football and softball and gymnastics. Yeah, that that was cool today to have the uh, all the Sooner uh, national champions in here today, and Coach Kendler and all the the coaching staff. Real, really was a cool time today. Really cool. One listener asks: Is Gaylord Family Oklahoma Memorial Stadium near the Palace on the Prairie? Yes, very near. Yes, walking distance. Mm-hmm. I would say. Yep. Non is north of Colgate. I, I have to look this up. I have never heard of non-Oklahoma. Okay, go like, ahead and Google not, it up. Not even nominally. Like most of these places, I've at least heard of nominally. I have never heard of non-Oklahoma like at all. Olathe, so, Kansas also. Listening from Olathe, Kansas. Very nice. Thank you. Non. I there, So there's... It may be a total non-entity. It's... Just, it's Maybe it's like a house that's north of Colgate or something. It's kind of like Lukenbach, Texas, maybe. 
Okay, so I get when I type it into Google, I get a zip code seven four five three one. Okay, I get the Wikipedia page for Hughes County, Oklahoma, and I get a, li- a Wikipedia page that links list of ghost towns in Oklahoma. Really, I'm gonna, it's I'm a gonna, ghost. Oh, yep, non is on this list. Ah, nice. So I guess non is a ghost town. Well, a ghost town is like abandoned, or they're real ghosts there. No, it's abandoned. Okay, well, I want to go to a ghost town where there are ghosts. It's abandoned. It's It's been ghosted by people, but it's also haunted by ghosts. Have you been to Pitcher? Have not been to Pitcher. Okay, well, see, that I did a documentary on that town, Mike. A lot, a lot of people believe there are actual ghosts in that town. Really? Mike. And where is Pitcher located again? Uh, it is the northeasternmost community in Oklahoma. Really? Yes. So it is one mile from the Kansas border and I think 12 from the Missouri border. It's up there north of Quapaw and Commerce, hometown hmm. of Mickey Mantle. Yes, that's right. Hey, we got a, a listener in Jersey. How about that? I like it. South Dakota also. Listening from Mitchell, South Dakota, I have so many uh, ancestors who are buried in the cemetery Wait in Mitchell, South Dakota. They have a corn palace there? They do have a corn palace there. Yes, Home of wow. the world's only Corn Palace. I think they still play basketball games there. Hmm. The Corn Palace is like a, uh, it's like an event center. Oh, nice. An arena. Kendall says you need to watch Parker's documentary. Well done, thank you, Kendall. You uh, pin, haven't you pinned that at the top yes. of your Twitter? I, I need to take some time to watch. Was that a school project or was that more no, just it was your just own something deal? I did? Oh, cool. Uh, one listener says I've got all of Frogville listening. Another says Non is a cemetery. Hmm. Interesting. We called Frogville before when we were looking at weird Oklahoma towns way back when you could call people live on the radio and not get in trouble. And we woke up the volunteer fireman there, and he was not very happy about you know, a couple radio clowns you know, wanting to talk about Frogville. <laughs> Listening from West Monroe, Louisiana. Shout out Duck Dynasty. I thought that was Monroe, Louisiana. Isn't it Monroe? Is what it they Monroe? Call it? Yeah. Well, it's really Monroe, I'm sure, yeah, but yeah. they call it Monroe. No, I've, I've been through there many a time, actually, on my various road trips through the state of Louisiana, is that which where is the, not a very great state in general. The Duck Dynasty family was from there? Yes, West Monroe. Hmm. I've been to the Duck Dynasty warehouse, as a matter really? of fact. Yes. It's like, because they, they don't work out of there anymore. At least I don't think. It's like a gift shop now. Man. Impressive. Very impressive. So we have listeners all over the contiguous United States is what we've learned today. Interesting. So you know, take, take your 30-mile radius and shove it, Doug. Take this radius and shove it. You ain't listening here no more. Something like that. Johnny Paycheck, man, he wrote a song there that everybody wanted to do or say at least once in their life. Take this job and shove it. Ain't working here no more. All right, but I'm going to continue working here. You know why? I love it. It's it's a cool place. I like it a lot, and I like all of your texts. Thank you so much. We've got Locked In coming up with uh, Parker and Tyler McComas. All Sooner football all the time on Locked In. Have a great Tuesday.